independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening and welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all blessedly without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight, on Independence Day, we are very happy to have Stephen Swan. The electric guitar has been the weapon of choice for rock and roll artists since the early pickers discovered that their amps really did go to 11. Since that time, the more tasteful and conscientious guitarists have elevated the art of guitar tone, which is how the guitar sounds, to high art. To some players, how their guitar sounds is as important as the notes they play. By ever so carefully selecting the proper guitar with just the right pickups, matching it to the perfect tube amplifier and running it through a few choice foot pedals, the instrument can soar like Gilmore, wheeze like Neil, sing like Knopfler, chime like the Edge, or howl like Eddie. Artists diligently cultivate their own sound and eke out a sonic identity to separate them from the countless other ax-slingers. Some guitarists and producers specialize in arranging electric guitars and parts so that each has a specific place in the final mix. And this is where we meet Stephen Swan. He's a young singer, songwriter, and guitarist who is set to release his debut album, Looks Like Nothing. Swan's songs seem torn right from the best pages of the rock and roll instruction book, and he imbues them with warm, grinding guitars, played with a gentle and confident touch that belie his rookie status. His grasp of the finer points of guitar tone is impressive, his songs are solid, and his playing is tasteful, and all this sets him apart from the crowd. Welcome to Independence Day, Stephen Swan. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good, man. It's good to have you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to geeking out about guitar talk here because I've had all, I have all kinds of different artists on this show, mm-hmm. and I think maybe we'll just dive right into this kind of geek talk oh, yeah, and alienate yeah. everyone well, straight I mean, out of the gate. I, I get enough of it, you know. Uh, so I, I learned about you from my, my our, our common friend, Brian mm-hmm. Whelan, also mm-hmm. an exemplary musician. And the first thing I noticed, you know, actually before he even introduced you, I noticed that you were on stage at the Satellite just a few weeks ago playing a show with Brian. Right. And I noticed you had a Klon Centaur <laughs> on your 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 pedal board. Yeah. Now, for those who aren't musicians, you know, a guitarist have a little board they put down by their feet. You see, you know, you see them stomping on these little boxes of multicolored boxes, which kind of change the tone of their instrument. And, you know, some of them are really cheap and some of them are, some of them are really expensive. But this Klon pedal is one of the most eccentric yet simply beautiful devices in the history of electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Like to get one, you have to literally call the guy who makes them, have like a phone interview with him, and he goes over your settings with you. And tell me about your story with right. Bill Finnegan. Right. I actually, um, I, I actually didn't have to do any of that. I got mine from I, um, a website that I guess was like kind of a, they would order, you know, two, yeah. two a month, like a pirate. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, like a middleman. I forget what the name of it was. It was some website I've never heard of. It was some. It was a. It was a. You know, they sold musical equipment, obviously, but but. Um, uh, I just you know sent my payment. They said it would be twelve weeks, and you know, and then it came in the mail. I got yeah. my note from. From uh, from Klon and and yeah. uh, and uh, that was it. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it was such a funny thing. It's like kissing a ring a little bit right. to get the normal people when they go through the process. You know, I, right. I actually I, I wanted one for the longest time, and I have my letter because you know, I wrote because once you go through the whole phone interview, he kind of he anoints you and says that you are allowed to have one. Right. And Wait, did the, you get rid of yours? I never had one. Oh, okay. Well, this, okay. this is what I'm oh, setting okay. up here. I mean, I, 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 I wanted one for so long, but now on eBay they're absurd. They're like yeah. fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it depends. It's ridiculous. It depends. Like the. It, 
if you have a gold one with the that has the the older model the horsey yeah on it um that one commands the most a- actually that's that's not totally true there's a the earliest one is a silver one right. that has the horsey right right and then it was gold and then um and then mine's the last run of them. You could get it in gold. Right. I wasn't unaware of that. If I was aware of that, yeah. I would have got it in gold because it looks way cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he went, yeah, he was gold and he did silver. And then it, it just he changed them not very much mm-hmm. over the course of the run. And now he's actually not making them at all anymore. New pedal. Yeah, it's a new pedal. It's like a different version. Made KLM or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard one yet. It sounds all right. But, uh, but this funny thing, like I have this, I still have the letter. Um, you know, I was working and I kind of had to save up just a little bit for it because they're not cheap. Back then they were about 320 bucks. And, you know, he anoints you. You can have one. So you write the letter, you put the check. And I like, I had the check written out and I have the letter. And then like the next day, some jackass flew a couple airplanes into buildings in New York City. Um. And my job went away and I never sent the letter and I never got my clon. And now he's not making them. And I certainly can't pay $1,500 for them online. So it's... It's my little sad story about Klon, but but I'm a tone geek and you are too. You know, tell me, yeah. tell me how you know what's what's your history with the guitar. Well, um, I got my first guitar when I was 10, 10 or eleven. I, was, I think believe I was in fifth grade. I just don't know if I actually turned eleven yet. Um, got it. My you know was following cues from my brother. My brother's a guitar player. Um, just, you know, thought it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, I mean, he certainly made it look cool. So, um, he's your older brother, I take my it. older brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was, uh, I think he was, he, he was 12 or 13, 13. Um, and then I played, but I didn't take lessons and, um, I just like fiddled around in my room, you know, like listening yeah. to Stone Temple Pilots and Metallica or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then I played a little bit in junior high, but I didn't like do any. I didn't do anything seriously. I, I just messed around like playing. Oh, got Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. You know, what, songs well, that, that you was, could that's play. What, that was what was on the radio. You know. We didn't yeah. Have, well, and it, it's, it's certainly I didn't know what it was when but. you're when you're starting out. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 know, there's the people you want to play like, whether it's Van Halen or Jimmy Page right. or whatever. But you can't really play like those guys, those guys out of the game. Oh, yeah. So you gravitate towards like I don't know, like you said, Creedence Clearwater Revival or you know bands that are good. L- Leonard Skinner, Skinner. Uh, uh, Sweet Home Alabama seems to be like a mini a guitar player's first like riff. You know and, what else uh, is good for that? Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Okay. That's you know I used to play that over and over and over again because it's all open strings, yeah. low melody. I what yeah. else did I used to? Play because I'm one of those those people that just re- like I get into this repetition thing where like I just do I'll do the same thing over and over because it just it's very calming to me right. and it was like I mean I must have played that that Sweet Home Alabama riff like eight billion times never went anywhere from there I, I mean I just you know if when I got like really good at that that was good enough because then I would just yeah. play that a bunch <laughs> that yeah. felt all right uh, I can't really think of all the other stuff I used to play. Who was it that you were aspiring? Like, who were those players? You know, because you mentioned Stone Temple Pilots mm-hmm. and you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. someone else a second ago. But you know, who was that that player or that band that made you made you think? You know, that's you know, other than your brother, of course, that's a closer personal influence. Mm-hmm. But everyone has kind of like that first guitar hero. Like, who was your guitar hero when you started? Um, probably. Well, you know, 
I did. I guess I didn't really pay a lot of attention though to, to to guitar players. I mean, I I didn't listen to a lot of like classic rock when I was a kid. I in fact, I I more or less listened to none. I I listened to what's on the radio. Listened to a lot of like Genesis and Phil Collins and like light light rock on okay. Mix One Hundred Two Point. That's almost classic rock. It's just yeah, but I mean, it was side. this was these were like this was like. You know Whitney Houston. I was gonna say it's probably the same station yeah. that played Whitney Houston. Yes, wasn't Whitney it? Houston, uh, Richard Marks. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. You know, and I mean, I and I loved all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't really ever look at guitar players. In fact, I, I just kind of, I guess, kind of did it because I thought it was cool and it was interesting to like when you learned how to do something. And uh, um, I mean, I, I guess I could say Metallica. I, I was a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. I thought Scott Weiland was like the greatest the coolest dude ever uh-huh. um but you know he's not a guitar player yeah where did singing play into that um well I've, I've been singing my whole life um started doing i mean my family's pretty musical family um singing as a kid like watching musicals as a kid um started doing like little plays and stuff when i was in elementary school and then in seventh grade, I was in choir, and then I stopped doing that when I got into uh, to be a sophomore because of sports. Yeah. Um, but I've been singing my whole life. Yeah. You know? Not not like I haven't I I didn't think about it doing it like yeah. uh, professionally for until like you know a few few years ago. It's a very different thing, especially like in junior high. Oh, you yeah. know when like y- your identity is so wrapped up in right. whatever it is that you're doing. Right. You know it was very uncool to be in choir in junior high and even in high school for that matter. But then there's always that moment where you know because like a lot of the artistic kids, music kids, like you're a little quirky. You know you're kind of living in your head, right? Big imaginative right. imagination thing. At least that's the way it was for me. And then I remember we had a big. I was in the show choir, which was right. pretty geeky. You what know, is a show th- choir? It's like uh it's 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 like a choir that does dances like a, a very oh. elaborate dancing oh, okay. as well. Now, right. <laughs> again, this was very much like glee, but this was you know, which is very 30, much like what my high 30 was. years before glee, you uh-huh. know, or, or this was 20 years before glee, a long time before glee. Um, so it was pretty it wasn't cool at all to do this kind right. of thing at the time. But then I mean, I rationalize it. I mean, the 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 hottest girls in the school are in show choir, <laughs> right. and they like it when guys dance with them. And right. I certainly like dancing with all the girls because how else are you going to touch some like the hottest senior chick in the school? Right. You uh, know, yeah. having danced that's that was pretty cool. And getting out of class, I mean, there's nothing better than getting out of class. Yeah, they're constantly pulling us out of class to go do a bunch of shows at some retirement facility somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's that that was definitely um, priorities, man. A perk. Yeah, I, I actually. I mean, I've always enjoyed it, you know. So, yeah. and and I came from a uh, an age. I, I my my class, all the people that were in my grade, and um, were all very multi talented. I mean, all yeah. my friends that were in sports, you know, were in choir. Oh yeah. I mean, it was very it was very glee. Every school's different that way. Because yeah. in my school, it's like almost like warring factions. There was one right. guy. My friend Bob, who was in my band, right. who would kind of walk the line, and I remember him having to go do track meets at the same time that the choir director wanted him to be at this concert, and like they would fight over this guy. And I mean, I did sports too. I kind of the I did kind of the opposite tack right. to you. Right. I did sports, and then when music got to be too much, I kind of gave up the sports stuff because there were hotter chicks and right. And yeah, well, I didn't. Other I, didn't uh, I stuck with the sports. I didn't do any. What music. was your sport? Football. Football. Interesting. Yeah, I know. You're skinny Very dude. In- I know. <laughs> I was. I was when I when I graduated. I was like 200 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did. 
theater. I did musical theater, okay. so I got singing in that way. And there, you know, there were days where I go to go to school at like seven thirty in the morning and get treatment because I tore some ligaments in my ankles when I was a sophomore. And um, I would go to treatment in the morning. I'd go to school. Uh, school would end. I'd go to football. Football would end, and I would go straight to musical theater. I get home at like ten thirty or eleven. Yeah, and that would go on for months. That's the way. That's my my whole high school career was yeah. too. You know, I was and I loved it though because I was in. Oh yeah, it was it was it was great, man. I wouldn't change a thing. Let's give. Uh, I wanted to give people a taste. You've got this brand new record. You just had your mastering session. Yep. So yep. We're, uh, congratulations Thank to you. that. It's a big step. Yeah. Uh, I want to. I mean, it really is, man. I've been through this, and we'll explain. Yeah. Like, we're going to play yeah. this tune. We'll come back. We'll talk about mastering right. and what Sounds that means good. in making this record. So, uh, with me is Stephen Swan. This is his brand new record. It's coming out sometime soon. Here, just having just mastered it just yep. today. Yep. That's, again, man, that's so cool. That's yeah. such a great feeling. Yep. You're sitting here so close, man. Uh, the album is going to be called Looks Like Nothing. The track is Heart Attack, and let's dig this on Independence Day.
that is Stephen Swan. You are listening to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. You can learn about our guest tonight, Stephen, at facebook.com slash Stephen Swan. And his name is spelled somewhat uniquely, Stephen with a P-H, uh, like Spielberg. And Swan is S-O-W-A-N. And you can also learn about Independence Day at indepthday.com. I would love it if you stop by. Uh, check out, we've got every show archived there. You can check it out. We've had some really, really great artists on here, and I'm glad to uh, have Steven be part of this whole thing. So uh, that song's great, man. Like you, Thank s- you. you sent me that track <laughs> a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was. And, you know, just like most music people, a million songs go across my desk uh, a month, you know, or it seems like it. And I, something about that tune just really grabbed me. I think it's 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 brevity. It's so succinct. Yeah. We were talking about this yeah. while it was playing. It's like the Beatles. You kind of make your point. You set up your right. groove, and then you get out. You get out of the way. Like the song ends very quickly. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I I don't want to. I don't like. I don't make <laughs> comparisons. I. At least I tread lightly when talking about yeah. the beat being well, I said it. You yeah. didn't say it. I said it. <laughs> but but um. Really, the 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 model that was more so on my mind was was petty well yeah and early petty. well he's beatlesque right but it's easy it's i feel better saying petty for some reason yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well he's uh, he's like our version right right you right, know? right. I, I say our I mean americans right um you know all all uh the whole uh uh don't bore us get to the course which is also funny because none of my songs really have courses um just you know that that song was kind of uh an accident. I actually, I actually wanted to. I was trying to do a Mellencamp thing. Yeah, yeah. And who I think deserves more respect than people give oh, him. Oh, dude, totally. The thing is, he's just apparently he's like a huge jerk. And oh, yeah. That's, well, you know what his nickname is? No. In the business, is little bastard. Little bastard. Because he's kind of shorter. Um. Yeah. He. It, Good stuff, man. Great, good songs. Yeah, well, um, but yeah, it was like a it was like a Mellencamp thing, and like and 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 kind of like a, and then like an Armed Forces era era Elvis Costello thing. Yeah, which I feel like it doesn't sound like, but that's what was kind of that's what I those were those those songs were rolling around in my head when I was yeah when I was doing it, and you know I fiddled around with the melody forever, and yeah, and, um, it takes yeah. it takes restraint, you know, and like you know you're you're not. I mean, you're, this is your debut record. Although you know yeah. you've you've been at music for a while, right. so it's not like you're yeah. you know the you know wet behind the ears. But having this kind of restraint on your debut record is a is a, is a badge of honor. It's a pretty cool thing. Well, I learned it. I Be- mean, I learned it from I learned it from people I um, high, very highly respect. My you know, as I mentioned before, my brother who's on the record a lot playing okay. guitar. Um, you know him and and the another the engineer who in whose studio I recorded at Jonas Wilson uh as a as as a producer um that was their that was their thing you know they really they really um they helped me they helped me kind of do that they convinced me that you know some things should just be shorter and listen yeah. end it you know and yeah. and um you know if 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 you got another great part just pull it put it in something else you got another, yeah. you know you can make two songs out of this six minute song yeah and i i I took it to heart you know and and that and and i just uh i think i really at the time and maybe even now i just don't know if i can really write a chorus (laughs) so i feel like that's you know if all these songs had a chorus they'd be like at least 35 seconds a minute longer 
Yeah. Well, you're just, you know, you're, you're getting rolling with this. You have yeah. plenty of time yeah. to experiment with more songwriting. Yeah, you've you've totally. done great work on the stuff that I've heard so far. I mean, I'm, I'm, Thank you. I'm very much looking forward to hearing the rest of this record. I almost sent you an email and said, dude, can you send me the rest of those tracks? Right. Because I totally want to hear this. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan yeah. as well. And this is something, you know, uh, I want to pay you this compliment as well. Like the, the playing on this, I don't know what's yours and what's your brother's or I don't know the situation. You said you recorded it back in Austin. Yeah. You're from mm-hmm. Texas originally, just yes. north of Dallas, right? Um, yes, right. Okay. From Richardson, yeah. Um, and you, there's a very it's a petty-esque flavor in the production of it, which is which pleases me greatly because I think you know he's it, few people do it better than him in terms of American rock and roll right. 101. Like Credence is up there in that in that you know, they're from before, but uh, they they have that as well. Like everything's where it should be. There's nothing ex- extraneous, nothing extra. Uh, they're just geniuses at that. And what I'm getting at is that the playing on there is very Mike Campbell-esque. Mm-hmm. And the way that you, I mentioned this in the little blurb at the beginning, guitar arranging. Right. Like, where did that come from? Was this you? Was it your brother? Was it a uh, collaborative effort? It was, oh, I, I I had to pick up that skill real quick. I, I wrote uh, most of the guitar parts on the record as far as like the lines and, and stuff like that. My brother, though, is playing all, most of them. Okay. Um, and he's doing the he's doing Lee stuff. I mean, I'm playing guitar on on every song except one, all except one. And and uh, you know he would he would be playing in a way that was very similar to how I I would want to play it. Only you know he's he's got this you know great attitude thing you know. And I just I kind of got out got got out of the way. And that's yeah. actually where where Jonas helped me out a lot, you know, kind of refining. And I I kind of enjoy it, refining. Yeah. Um. And on some of the tracks, yeah, you can hear like the kind of you know doubling up on guitars. To me, is just not. It's small. It's a very small sound. And I think when you have like the the, the Mike Campbell approach, is just makes everything sound so spacious and so much, so much yeah. bigger. He's the guitar player from mm-hmm. uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. For yeah. those of the people at home who are keeping score who don't yeah. know this, right? I mean, he's a, to us, he's a demigod. Oh, of course. I mean, I mean it, you know, goes in there, and I mean, the kind of guy that will play, you know, five notes, but they're like they're the five notes, yeah. And that's all it needs. And and you know, a lot of people don't. When you hear it, it sounds so simple, but it's really hard to yeah. do. It's taste. It's a taste. It's thing. really difficult. I think that it, you'd never. I don't think you'd never make this connection, really, uh, sonically speaking. But I think David Gilmour and Mike Campbell have something in common in that regard. They play very kind of different styles of mm. music, but it's all about the right thing at the right time, and less is more. You know, each David's. You know, he's his whole thing is the solo, soaring solo type things. But he's right. very tasteful with what he does, and Knopfler's kind of that way too. Right. And uh, Campbell's very much that way. Um, and I, I just I, I can't speak out enough about the way they. And you, you've got a, you took a page right from that playbook, man. You, you've done great yeah, work. I um, you know, to 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 I, I learned you know this. It was a learning thing for me. I I really like over the stretch of of writing all these songs and eventually getting them on the record because they're all the first songs I've ever wrote. All all of them are in chronologically pretty much the 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 first songs I ever wrote. Heart Attack was actually the second to last song that I, that I wrote. Um, just learning as I go, you know, picked up a lot, even, yeah. even after we had started, yeah, just yeah. had to learn how to be better at. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just playing. it. You know, uh, when, you know, they always say, you know, an artist has their whole life to make their first record. 
Right. You know, so you've yeah. got everything you've ever done is is in one way or another, or at least to that point for this project is there, or you know, or this 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 album project. Is I, there. I think so. I, lyrically, definitely. Uh, lyrically, for you know, sure. and then I, you know, when I asked you before about your mastering session, I want to, I'm going to play another track from this record in just a second, mm-hmm. and we'll then we'll come back and talk about what happened today at the mastering session. But you know, once you, it's such a laborious process of making a record. Begin, and I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Like every time I make a record, by the time the record is done, I mean, I'm so far beyond it. I've already written eight new tunes, and I'm ready to do the next thing. But it's, I, I'm not, I, uh, I mean, I've got songs for the third record. You know, um, but I I can't. It's hard for me to actually to move on until they're kind of done. I, in fact, I, and some of my my friends and people that I worked with on it would will will <laughs> probably if they're listening or laughing because I've been a total lunatic over it. Um, yeah, not being able to kind of let it let it go. Yeah, it's hard to do. You it know? is. It's hard to do. Well, when you've when you've lived so deeply with something for so long, especially right. when it's your debut, it's like it's, right. it's you know no matter what age you put out your first record, right. that's your first artistic presentation to the world as you with your name on the marquee, you know your name on the letterhead of the record, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so it's very important that you know if if anyone who's unless you're in a punk band, then it's just right. like oh <laughs> screw it, get that thing out there. But you know, for those of us who are conscientious about our playing, like I think this would probably transcend the way you play guitar is probably the way you produce your record. You know, you you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 the music sounds very free and loose, but mm-hmm. Tom Petty will say this over if you read interviews with him, he will say, My music sounds so open and so like happy and free, but I'm neurotic. Yeah. He says. Like, Definitely. I'm maniacal about details. And I'm 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 always thinking and I'm you know, people get mad at me and I get mad at them because I'm I'm trying so hard to craft this type right. of thing. Like, totally. all, there's a lot of effort going into making it look effortless. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying, and you know this better than anybody, man. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, just because, like I, like I said, it, the this whole record was. I mean, when I started, I, I had no idea what I was doing, no idea. How old were you when you started this? I was twenty four. Okay, so yeah, you've been birthing this for and a while, then. Yeah, because when we started, I didn't have enough songs, um, and. Yeah, you know, I, I I really I had no idea what I was doing, and we you know we didn't rehearse this stuff. We we went in there and like everybody learns the songs, you know, and like okay like in the studio, uh, yeah uh, yeah in the studio, like no there's no outside the studio stuff, and then we went in and just recorded it. Yeah. So, you know, I and because I, I was always flying in. Or, you know, yeah. and from like for not being at home, so I didn't have a lot of my stuff and I couldn't stay forever because I get back to LA. Um, so they didn't have that time to like, you know, have it really. We didn't go on tour before. Right. You know, we weren't in, we yeah, weren't like yeah. A, we were in a band. It's right. Not, it's not like a band playing, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is in the studio, I guess, but, but right. we're not like. Well, yeah, it's, it's not a unit. Right. Of people who are seasoned and conditioned to playing together, so that when right. they go in the studio, you're documenting something right. they've already done. And a some of them times. were, some of them definitely were, but it's it's different materials, different different songwriter. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to let's let's listen to a little more of this. We've got Great. another track queued up for this. This is the track "Good News." Uh, you'll find this on Stephen Swan's upcoming record, which is called. Where do I have this here? Where did I put that? Looks like nothing. Yeah, it looks like nothing. Where did the title come from? It's like the that's um, like the lowest ball question of the entire it's, uh, interview. It's actually like, a track. It's the last track on the record. Okay. All right. So we were going to hear the track "Good News." You'll find this on Stephen Swan's upcoming record, freshly mastered this afternoon, uh, and hopefully we'll uh, you'll be on iTunes and whatnot, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everybody knows where to find it. Everybody knows where to find everything these days. It's right in their pocket. Uh, so this is Stephen Swan's Good News on Independence Day. Love that feedback. That's one of my favorite things at the end of any rock tune is feedback. Not gratuitous. Uh, controlled. Little, little you know, feedback. tasteful feedback. Right. Like, uh, you know, I, I hate to rag on the Smashing Pumpkins because I, I actually kind of, they they're they from Chicago, as am I. So I've got kind of small place in my heart. I give them more credence than I probably right. should. But like not, not Smashing Pumpkins feedback, like Mike Campbell feedback mm-hmm. at the end of tunes is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Yeah, kind of more like... Um like kind of like a controlled echo or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's just it's kind of that ghostly thing that you can do on right. an electric guitar that you can't do with any other instrument. Right, and that know? that uh, is coming from uh, I I did that uh, the guitar part with a with a big jazz box actually Barney Kessel. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just wants to feed back. That's uh, that's so. that's the Ted Nugent thing. 
You know, that was his whole bread and butter was playing these big giant yeah. hollow body well, they, back just, in the day. Just, God, they just sound phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, um, this is old little Gibson. Gibson, it was a is a 60s Gibson Explorer. Yeah. Killer. Great amp. Great reverb on so those things. So how many... How many, you know, you're a guitar guy, as am I, and an amp yep. guy, and, mm-hmm. a, and a gear guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, yep. what, tell me, you know, I don't need like the super, how many guitars do you think you have? Um, I have eight, I think eight. I'm building one right now, and I'm getting rid of one. And what don't you have that you want? I mean, like what's your pie in the sky? Um, God, I wish well, I I've had. had I've had a lot that I've gotten rid of actually um, that I kind of wish I still had, but I just I know I wouldn't really use them. Um, I've never been interested in owning a Les Paul. Interesting. Um, I would like a a, a, a three forty five. Okay, that'd be that'd be pretty groovy. Um, I would like a Fender twelve. Would really like a Fender twelve. Yeah, yeah, and. I would like a what? What else? Am I, what's on my want list? I I, I keep one yeah. in my little book because yeah. so I just so I don't forget because I'm I'm having this thing where I'm just forgetting all these things lately. But because um, I see so much gear coming in and out of the shop that like it's hard to keep track of everything. Um, it'd be nice to get to get a, a round shouldered Gibson, an early one, early yeah. like late fifties, early sixties. I happen to be a fan of the adjustable bridge. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody thinks it's not superior, I I just it's got like this m- kind of muted, woody woodier, plunkier thing, and um, so you know either a either a southern jumbo or country western. Yeah, yeah. Always, I mean that's just a staple. And then do you? I mean you've got an old deluxe reverb in here mm-hmm. as well. Like do you you harbor the same type of admiration for old amps? I oh, take it definitely. Well. In fact, I'm way more interested in in as far as like design and tinkering and amps than I am guitars. Yeah. That is a, um, that is definitely a very interesting yeah. topic for me for some reason. Yeah, I mean it's that's just it. Like it keeps coming back to this guitar arranging thing, and I had a feeling that you and I would really like find good <laughs> common ground about this. <laughs> Brian told me that you were a gear a gear guy. So. Yeah, well, it's it's again, it, but it all serves the music. That's my whole point. You know, like I love this stuff. It's but it's not just gear for gear's sake. You know, it's like I want these different tones because when I go to make a record or produce a record, I want this to fit in there, and I have to know how these things work with each other. You know, these pickups with this amp and this thing and this thing. And so I, when I piece things together, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's done intentionally, you know, right? it's for the love. And I, you know, and <laughs> I love the way, uh, old tube amps smell mm-hmm. when you like, cause yours is up on, you've got an extra speaker cabinet. Right. So if you lean over that thing, when you get the Tolex gets hot and the tubes right. get hot, like at the end of every gear, every gig, you'll probably look at every picture every every video of you ever it's ever been taken of me at a show i always lean back before i turn the amp off i'm like i lean back and i sniff the back at the right. amplifier my uh, my silver tone i've got a silver tone uh combo that that i mean it's been serviced and cleaned and everything i mean i went in there with with 100 rubbing alcohol i mean just just alcohol and cleaned everything there was like i mean it was disgustingly dirty and it smells like it's melting and it's fully serviced, fully serviced. Yeah. And it still smells like it's melting. And that's within being, that's only being on for like five minutes. Yeah. But it, you're right. It's, it is kind of a. Well, is it a class A? I, amp? I, 
Because those things run. That's like an old box. It's uh, well, they run it's super a four, hot. It's a fourteen seventy four, which is the combo version of the twin twelve. Um, By the way, we're way out on Guitar Geekland right now. Are we? Okay. We're just we're throwing numbers. No, I'm. It's not a complaint. Okay. I'm just. I'm just. I'm laughing about the fact that like we're starting to throw numbers out. Yeah, yeah. That people yeah, have yeah. no idea what in the and hell the, we're talking about. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. Keep going. Um. Anyway, it it just uh. It 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 sounds and smells like it's melting. Yeah. Um. But it's great. Yeah. I don't know if it's Class A or not. I believe my, I have a 1473, which is the base version of that with a single 15, that I think is a Class A. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure. Because yeah. I'm not, I'm still a little bit confused as to exactly how I, it, not knowing, would be able to ter- determine that. I, I couldn't go that far either. I, I can take this to people who would very much know mm-hmm. that. I mean, I my desire for this type of technology or archaic old tube technology, old guitars, whatever, right. extends to the point where it serves my purpose <laughs> of music. You know, like I, 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 I've got a friend in Chicago, great friend, who took an ant building class. And I've often wondered, like, would I... Where, where did he do it? Uh, what a specimen, was it? it I might have been. I don't know. Was I, it I, recently? I yeah, last couple of years. I bet it was. Last that's a, years. That, cuz that's the only place that I know that does that and yeah. that's a that's a great that's a really cool shot. Yeah. I would I would probably like doing that, mm-hmm. but I I don't see myself becoming the guy like a Mark Sampson guy or yeah. the guys who really get into them and build them and mm-hmm. or Gerald Weber, all those mm-hmm. guys who are really really hardcore into it. You know, it's like I I like it, you mm-hmm. know, and I kind of know what I want to hear and don't want to hear, know the features and the tube architecture things like that, but I there's a point where I it starts to <laughs> yeah. My eyes kind of well. When you start over. talking about things like plate voltage and yeah. stuff like that, it it gets a little. There's a lot of math. Lots, there is a lot of, of math. math. Um, but just as a like a any player knows, obviously that there's a lot that changes with just the tubes. Yeah, I mean, just putting in different tubes. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like listening to vinyl and listening to digital. Like you become conditioned to listening to something, and you kind of forget the nuances of. You know, because digital, right. I do think, has come a long way, but there's like this certain thing about listening to vinyl, which, yeah, you know, it's not. I'm not exactly. I just revealing a secret yeah. Here, well, it, it is very different, and if you have any set of ears, you, you forget. You, you can you, hear you, it. You do forget, though, like being in the presence of vinyl. Yeah, it, it's it's different. I and I I just kind of rediscovered that working on. The shop that I work at is also a record shop. Oh, very so nice. We have, we're spinning, oh, spinning records all the time. So. I uh, I just scored a copy of Camper Van Beethoven's Key Lime Pie, which <laughs> I'd been looking for on vinyl for eight ninety nine at Atomic Records over the weekend. Wow! It's like, and it's funny because uh, it's exactly what I was looking for. We stopped by on a lark, like we just happened to be driving past. Where like, is oh. Atomic? It's on Magnolia, uh, okay. kind of in the middle of kind of getting on past Burbank, uh, going west. Great store. It's not a big store. Super cool people. But it, how often in your life do you stop somewhere on a lark? Like, oh, I used a record store. Oh, I happen to be looking for key lime pie on uh-huh. vinyl, which is not that rare. But they're about 30 bucks online. And mm-hmm. I rolled in and went straight to the seas. And like the, lo- the, the light from heaven shone down. And they had one copy in excellent condition for eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's like it, this never happens in my life. I feel like I used up all my juju for the well, month. Well, it happens. That kind of... Th- we're again working in a shop like if 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 you don't believe in global consciousness like go work in something like a you like a well for for, and for me you know it's been yeah. working in a record shop slash mu- uh, instrument shop because there will be stuff that sits for a while whether it's a record or or, or a guitar or in, any instrument and like no one will talk about it for weeks 
And then all of a sudden, like one guy calling, hey, you have this uh, Whirly in, and I've been checking it out, you know, and it's like, it's been here for a month or something. Yeah. Um, and you're like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, that's great. You know, okay, I don't think I'm going to come in and buy it, blah, blah, blah. And then like five minutes later, some guy will come in, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, I was uh, checking out the Whirly. I was like, oh, did you just call? He's like, no. Uh, yeah. And then, I, I mean, that's happened, there's been like three or four people coming in for the same thing that hasn't had any attention Yeah. for a while. And that happens over and over, and it happened with this record, this Suburban Lawn. Have you heard of Suburban Lawns? I have not. I would say they were an L.A. band, like an art rock, um, you know, super, super weird band. But I have no, I, I had no idea who they were. And we got this record collection in from IRS that a guy, I guess his name is uh, Marty Copeland, who I guess works for RS. I think he was a manager of all those, mm. like Sting or something, or the police. I've heard the name. Right. Um Anyway, we got this old record collection, and they had a lot of it. And I was like, what is this? And people were co- – like, every day I was working, somebody would come, and we got – like, we had, like, five. Hmm. And they're super rare records. And these were in, like, an unplayed mint condition. Some of them were promos. And within within a couple of days of me being there, people bought all of them. Hmm. I'm like, who is that? Who who is the Suburban Lawns? Yeah. You should check them out. It's, uh, it's definitely <laughs> – it's – it's crazy. I, I will do so. How about a, how about a tune? Yeah, sure. I think that would sure. be a good time yeah, to hear a little bit of what you're all about. We've heard right. about suburban lawns. We've geeked out about guitar stuff ad nauseum. I'm sure, right. much to the chagrin of people, if the few listeners that are still listening after uh, guitar geeking out. But uh, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing this regardless. So this is Stephen Swan. He's our guest on Independence Day tonight. He's got a brand new record coming out. It's called Looks Like Nothing, just mastered today. So play this tune. Tell us tell us what this is going to be. We'll come back and talk about your mastering session. Um, this song is called You've Been Hiding. It's uh, going to be track four. All right. On the, on the record. All right. Stephen Swan on Independence Day. to come get it but you gone in the pardon you stole my already broken heart and went out on your own girl you should have been the last to go but you've been hiding you've been running out of control Dust you kicked off is combining on your trail like an echo behind it. Leading me right where you've been hiding. So go ahead and throw a discarded. But you own what you started And you know that I wouldn't fall apart when You went out on your own Girl, you should have been the last to go But you've been hiding You've been running out of control 
And the dust you kicked up is combining And the rust on the rail you've been riding All the pieces combining On your trail that can echo behind it Leading me right where you've been hiding Steven Swan, Independence Day. Very, very nice, man. I dig it. I Thanks. dig it. I, I dig what you're doing. Um, it's kind of getting used to this. Uh... Yeah, well, because live you play primarily electric guitar. Uh, yeah, I, I lately, definitely, definitely. I, I, um, I haven't been playing acoustic at all, and uh, the first one's always, yeah, always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I have this theory that uh, as a player who's been playing most of my life, that acoustic guitar and electric guitar are really two different instruments. Oh, at least definitely. that's that's how I approach them as completely different totally, instruments. Totally different. Um, and I mean, you can like, you can blur the line like you're doing playing uh, an acoustic through an amp or you know or you know, there's different things you can do. There's a million variables, but you know there are people. The example I always give is uh, like the Indigo Girls, which were very mm -hmm. popular when I was in college, and I like them. They're good songwriters, interesting harmony or vocal arrangements, uh, cool guitar parts. Never seen so many Martins in my life. When they were on tour, I saw them play once, and each every song, each of them had a new Martin come out, and uh, but there was one or two songs where Emily Sailors would play electric guitar, and you could tell that she was almost exclusively uh, an acoustic player because she was playing the electric like an acoustic guitar, right. and it just doesn't sound right. right. You have to approach it differently. Like, how do you approach the two differently? Uh, well, I, I actually I play electric guitar a lot like I play acoustic guitar because um, I've spent the majority of my time playing by myself, and I don't... Um, I... I I kind of treat it like uh, like a piano or something, like the hammer-ons and the hammer-on stuff, like um, melodies, like trying to s put in these melodies and stuff. And I think you can do a lot of that with the acoustic guitar because, uh, especially when you're not amplified, the like I feel like the flaws are are hidden a little bit more. You know, like kind of a like if you hit a muted string or you don't quite hit something, it's just kind of it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Um, whereas electric, it's like. When you're super busy, especially in a lower register, right, it gets muddy, especially in a band situation. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, as far as the applying one to the other, yeah. I mean, they're 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 definitely different, but I do. Um, I have kind of developed a, a a style in which when I play electric, it's very just. I I don't do too much differently than yeah. I do with acoustic. Not not as um. It's it's per, it's percussive like a, an acoustic guitar, but I, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of I guess it's hard to explain. Yeah, well, yeah. There's there's an aesthetic like a lot of bands. Uh, Dawes is an example that comes mm -hmm. to mind. A band, young band that I like from out here, right. uh, you know, on the national stage now. Mm -hmm. um, and when you know the what this what's the singer's name? Oh man, Taylor Goldsmith. Yes, Taylor Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. When he'll play like all the live shows, they never play acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, they're to the stage now where they can. I'm sure yeah, they he's have. He's a Telecaster dude. Yeah, right. and through a Vox. And he, I'm sure he has a tech now. What's that? It's very Tweety. It is. Uh, I love Voxes. <laughs> Such yeah. a Vox guy. Um, but uh, he could have an acoustic guitar. Like, it's the technology. It sounds a little strange with the pickups, you know, but they're getting better. And But I guess what I'm getting at is they make the conscious aesthetic choice to always play electric guitar. 
right. live on stage because it's simpler to deal with. You know, you're not. It's a different beast. So he always, you know, there's other bands that do that too, and I get the impression that maybe because you've got acoustic guitars on your record, there are songs that yeah. you could be oh, playing yeah. acoustic guitar live and playing rhythm guitar, but yeah. you opt to stay electric. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, bringing it's easier to carry. Well, I don't know acoustics live to me. I, I don't. I to be honest, I don't really like the way they sound amplified. Yeah, uh, for the most part, my acoustic that I have brought out a few times. This this one is 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 different. Um, has a has a uh, and one of these old Diarmen sound hole. You know, it's a two ten. It's basically a it's basically a, just a single coil electric guitar pickup. Right. It does not sound. It's a magnetic it does not on sound an like guitar. an acoustic at all. In fact, it sounds like just some really woody hollow body. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's you know? its own thing. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know, electric. I, I, I used to be t- way more into acoustic than electric, but that's that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely changed. Yeah. So. Well, it's a challenge because, you know, the under-the-saddle pickups are kind of tinny yeah, they sound like and crap. nasal, and you can EQ them, but then you just have the sound of a nasty EQ generally. Um, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, the... Um, who was that? Pendulum made that fifteen hundred dollar preamp. Pendulum. Pendulum Audio. I think they're from north the northwest or northeast rather. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Brook plays those. Amy Lou Harris had one for a while, um, and it helps, but it's still it's Pendulum. expensive. And uh, I work for a band that took Avalon DI boxes. They're like the size. They're, they're like four times the size of a laptop, and they would take them on the road. This guy had one on his pedal board. It took up like a third of his whole pedal board. This giant DI box just for his acoustic tone. But right. I, it's a battle I, I keep fighting because I love I love I grew up loving both kind of like Neil Young in a way like there was like the acoustic Neil Young and the electric Neil Young and I, I that's kind of the aesthetic I had whereas like I love I love the dynamics of the two different ones mm-hmm. like being able to be really quiet on an acoustic guitar and then really go in the other direction but I also love you know when I would break a string I would play a song that I would normally play an acoustic just on the electric guitar right. or vice versa and just kind of go with it you know right. it's, it's it's music is alive right you know um, um, how about another tune sure yeah of course and what uh, little tuning here so what's this going to be um, this next song is is um, I've been making the rounds with this one for a while it's, it's called Lonesome Caroline oh yeah it's on the new record Yes, it's it's the third track. All right, Stephen Sowen, once again uh, on Independence Day. I'm 
break your heart, Caroline. Be there lonesome, Caroline, with the light that's burning out. Your silver line is in decline, far down and down. My hand, honey, you can let it go, but you won't tell me no when we're where we're gonna go. Seems though that she's seen it all before. I'll mess around, no. I'm just gonna go break your heart, Caroline. Come away for it, it's too late to change your mind. Treat me like a gun, I'll blow your mind. Come away for it gets too late and I change my mind Because if I'm left alone, how alone am I? My ear and in a whisper like a gunshot You don't want to know I'm just gonna go Break your heart, Caroline I'm just gonna go Break your heart, Caroline I'm just gonna go Break your heart, Caroline Stephen Swan, very nice, man. Haunting tune about a girl. Is, uh, is there really a Caroline? Uh, no. No. Um, I mean... There doesn't have to be. I mean, um, I don't, I mean, I'm not in my personal experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I don't know where I got that name. Well, it's lyrical. <laughs> right. 
You know, there's uh, I I can't tell you. I mean, I've I've dated girls. How, how, and how many songs there are that have Caroline in it? <laughs> yeah, and I've well, I've it's I've some girls have more lyrical names than other girls. Like I've dated girls who just had names that just weren't like Gretchen. Like try to get that into a song. Gretchen, Gretchen. You know, uh, Gretchen. I guess uh, yeah, take I it as a know. challenge. I guess it'd be like a it'd be like a really fast uh, yeah country. Gretchen, yeah, Gretchen. you'd be like, and you'd kind of like grit your teeth or something. Yeah, well, it sounds like such a German name, and I don't think of, you know, when I think of German, I don't think of country. Anyway, we're running right. just a little short on time, and I want to get another song in before we go. But before we do, tell me, how did mastering go? Uh, well, I wasn't there for any of it. Oh, you weren't there? Which, uh, no, okay, no, I did. I I, uh, I shipped it off. I okay. shipped it off uh, in, to New York. So um, I don't know. I've I've uh, I have imagined what it was going to go like. Okay. Like. Um, so did you get it back? To, is that what mm-hmm. you got it back mm-hmm. today? I got it okay. back today. Um, I, I just, I have this, uh, I have this, I've had this, these dreams of like, of just the mastering engineers, like putting it up and just being like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, just like, I, I, I've, I've like, I have this, had the, had this fear of like the, you know, assistant or whoever, uh, sending me an email and being like, um, actually, after further uh, review, they've decided that they can't really help you and uh, that yeah. you're going to need to seek <laughs> somewhere else. I, I, uh, it's given me a, a really great deal of anxiety. Yeah. But, uh, but it's done. Yeah. And so I can't. That's kind of the second to last step for people who've never made records. Yeah. Like mastering and then like yeah. really it's just art. Well, I guess duplication or replication. Yeah, except artwork not, is like the next big thing. Yeah, artwork, which I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take care of next week. Um, and then uh, I don't, I don't, I have no plans to do CDs. Okay. Um, just because they're, they're a pain. And I don't. Where do people even put them? So and you uh, can, if you want to give somebody one, you can burn a few at home. Of course. For demo well, I purposes. mean, I just just download a bigger. Yeah. Files. Every you know, it's cl- if it's cloud based too, it's like you don't even yeah. really have it. Um, yeah. Well, you're I, saving a big expense yeah, by not doing I, I, that. Too. I thought. Well, I've I've kind of I've been been coming up with some some uh, ideas for uh, cool like packaging or something. Yeah. You know, like a like a like a matchbook but it has like yeah. each you know match head has a one of the numbers of the download code or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you use one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th- things have changed. I mean, you don't really need to do CDs no. if you don't want to. No, if I don't somebody think so. if some label comes up to you and says, "Hey, we want to do we want to do a run of CDs," you know, right. then you can work out the details and then ha- do a run of CDs of course. and then have it be, you know, right. their problem and not yours. Right. Which I have is a, the way to do it. I actually I read I read recently um uh, just, just, God, I think it was today or yesterday that this band, have you heard of the Radar Brothers? Yeah. Did they, have they been on this? They have not. Okay. Uh, they aren't doing CDs. And okay. they were talking about it being this like revolutionary thing, which I, I wasn't aware that it was that revolutionary, but, uh, yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's, I think right now we're at that point where it's a, it's a choice that you can make. You know, up till now, it would be kind of hard to make that choice because when you're at a show, people are going to want to have something. Right. And artists would, I guess, I mean, artists never really made a lot of money on record right. sales anyway. Right. I mean, if you're Michael Jackson and you've got the sweet deal, yeah, you made a lot of money yeah. through the Eagles. But most everybody else, that's not yeah. where their revenue I guess, was. I anyway. guess for them, in their case, it's because they're on a label. And maybe that is a little unusual to not have CDs, I think, if you have a yeah. label backing, I mean, merge. So I, yeah. But I, I think it's a, it was a, it's a good idea on their part. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. Well, Less waste too, man. Yeah, I mean, when somebody gives you a CD, man, it's like, you know, it better like 
do something other than play music. Did you record this on analog? You know? Yeah, I did. I did probably eighty percent of it. Yeah. We had a there was a fire burn oh. down the studio. Oh my god! Yeah, that's uh, bad. That's why part of the reason why it took so long. That's bad. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, if you heard about those, they had these big fires in Bastrop. Yeah. Uh, God wasn't well, Nashville people. with the floods and Austin yeah. with the fires, yeah, it was, man. It was awful, man. I mean, it was, it was really terrible. When but, did the but, uh, um, hordes of locusts show up? Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad you're you're wrapping things up. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the record screen. It's short, too. It's like 30 minutes. It's, it's uh, I, 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 it's, I believe it is 29-22, which yeah. is maybe my, I am the most proud of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, like, it's 10 songs. And I, I feel like you know it's too short to really, really hate. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so, <laughs> so self-deprecating. I mean, that. You know, you know, it's a good you know, product. Like, I don't want to hear really any, in your way. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more bad things about this record. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like it so far. Whatever. How about one more tune? We're, we're trying to uh, yeah, run out of time. Sounds, here. sounds good. What's um, this going to be? This this is the um, this is the title track um, off the record called "Looks Like Nothing." Um, it's it's actually going to be the last track on the record. When I think about my home Nothing comes to me I just think of stone and vacant lots across the street If it was something before It looks like nothing to me something before it looks like nothing to me I don't live here anymore Forgot her and even the score. She isn't home anymore. (laughs) 
Very nice, Stephen. You're good at what you do, man. Thank you. It sounds you. it sounds cool. Uh, and you've got just one show coming up. Yeah. Uh, that um, people can go out and see. I myself would love to go see if I don't have a show that yeah, night. So Wednesday night, March 6th at Silver Lake Lounge. That's in Silver Lake. Is that a Wednesday? It is a Wednesday. Uh, I believe I looked it up on my on my internet phone. Well, it'll, you know, I'm I oh well, I'll be on at ten. So you'll be what? I'm sorry, on at ten. On at ten. Okay, yeah. Silver Lake Lounge. It's a great place to see a band. They've got a lot of interesting venue. They've got a lot of different I, bands I that like roll it. through there. I like yeah. it a lot, actually. I think the sound system's pretty good. Um, yeah. I wish it still had that sign. Yeah. But that's about it. Is it a full band show? Uh, I don't know yet. Okay. I'm, I don't know. Okay. I, maybe. Well, it'll be good regardless. I, I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, but I might. Uh, have a have a drummer issue, yeah. So, um, but you know, whatever, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's music, man. It should be real, whatever yeah. it is. Well, it'd be nice to, um, I mean, because it's a ten o'clock slot and uh, the band that's playing it, you know, they're pretty pretty rock and pretty yeah you know, moving. Yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of keep up with the Joneses right. sometime when you're right. on certain bills. Right. You know, I've I've showed up I'm, and had. I'm bills. a little bit more of like a when I'm. A little bit more of a lunatic when I'm by myself on stage with like an electric, because I would do it with an electric guitar. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we'll see. Well, it's cool, man. We'll, well it's been it's been great talking gear oh, with you. Absolutely, great man. Great talking music with you. There are a million other things I wanted to get to, but yeah. alas, in the lack of day, next record. We, yeah, next record. We've next run record. we've run out of time, but uh, uh, you know, keep us up, you know, up to date with what you're doing. Definitely. Uh, great, best of luck on this record. Thank you. Um, Thanks uh, for having me. What do you call a record if it's not a record? Um, it's virtual that's record. A, that's a good. Uh, I guess it's still a record. I don't know. I still like that term that you used earlier. What an inter, What did you say? Integrated, integrated chorus. chorus. I'm, that, that is great. That is perfect. <laughs> that is so perfect. A little for, TM. Yeah, it's like, you know, Stephen, you don't really have choruses. Well, they're integrated choruses. So that's yeah. That's great. I'm totally gonna use. All that. right. Well, yeah, it's just the mechanics of songwriting, man. And you certainly know your way around a tune. So thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. It's thanks been great. A lot. So thanks to Stephen Swan, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski. Also to Valentino Rivera from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. If you do one thing this week, please be good to one another.